Hello, everybody. I'm going to take this off because there's nobody in this room. Uh, this is actually kind of weird for me. Uh, the first time I'm presenting via computer and there's, there's nobody in front of me, so it's kind of awkward. I'd rather, honestly, I'd, I'd rather be talking in front of people than talking into a, uh, into a computer. Um, but uh, thank you again for having me on today uh, and talking about nutrition and mental health. Um, for the sake of killing two birds with one stone, I'm also recording uh, this presentation for my podcast, which is the Bo which is Boca Talks. It's a uh, podcast on the KOM Podcast Network, and we have a few uh, podcasts on there already. The podcast is uh, focused on using local, real experiences to help shed light on some of the uh, issues that surround nutrition and fitness, and how we can encourage people to live uh, healthier lifestyles and make uh, changes that, that can contribute to that. Um, and for today, obviously, I'm going to talk about mental health and, and how that all plays a role together. Um, again, my name is Jess Rosario. I'm the owner and nutrition professional at the Boca Box. Uh, we're located in Naganya, and um, I'll talk a little bit more about that. But let's go ahead and get into our, our presentation right now. <clears throat> so I wanted to to take some time and talk about something that for me, when I talk to customers at, um, at my shop, this tends to come up a lot. This topic comes up a lot, but it's not really addressed in the whole nutrition and health realm, right? Um, when we start talking about nutrition, people automatically think that we're talking about something very physical. And of course, we're talking about food and how Food plays a role in our bodies. Um, nutrition's all about how food affects our bodies and how our, our body uses that and vice versa. Uh, but it goes even deeper into our discussions about um, how food affects not only our physical body, but our mental, our mental, our, yeah, our brain and our mental health. So in the world of nutrition, I have been um, in the nutrition career for about 16 years. I graduated from, from the University of Guam with a degree in CFS Nutrition. And since then, I have been diving into different aspects of the nutrition field here on Guam. I've worked uh, at UOG. I've worked with um, insurance companies teaching um, diabetic education. I worked at the hospital, and I'll talk about that a little later. Uh, I worked at the Department of Education. Uh, trying to get kids to eat a little bit healthier, make some changes in the cafeterias and within the whole school system to get them both nutritionally healthy and physically healthy. And then in the past six years, I kind of ventured on my own and I opened up my business, which is called the Boca Box. We are a um, meal prep service that focuses on providing food that is nutritious and helps people to eat healthy and stay healthy. Um, but within this realm of health, uh, nutrition has kind of taken a back seat because if you start thinking about people getting sick, if you think about things that are done to help people get better, food is not really the first thing people look at. It's always medicine, right? And it kind of, kind of makes sense. But if you really think about it, medicine doesn't really cure disease. Right, we need to. It, it puts a bandaid on on most diseases, but it really doesn't cure that. If you get sick, you take Tylenol for your fever, 
but in order for you to get better, you're told to take vitamin C, told to drink liquids, told to eat right, and get your get your body to to naturally get better. Uh, Hippocrates in four, 400 BC said, "Let food be thy medicine, and medicine be thy food." But we really don't see that now. Uh, only recently, I would say, in the past decade, have we seen people look at food more in the sense that they're using it to get healthier. And I wanted to take some time to just talk about how that has happened and why that shift in turning from medicine to food has taken a, a really big hit. Now, if we look at culture, if we look at civilization in general, right? And I always like to, to bring things back to Guam and, and, you know, talk about home. We start looking at our ancestors and you, you see the pictures in the museums on, on the walls of, of our ancestors living in huts and everything. Everybody looks fairly healthy and everybody's outside, they're exercising and they look good, right? And even if we take a few, um, centuries or decades down the road, 1950s and, and 60s here in Guam, we still see our population and our community that's very healthy. Um, they still lived off of the land. They ate very wholesome. Uh, but then things changed. And in the past two decades, I would say, oh, which is, you know, kind of like my, well, three decades for me, but <clears throat> food and health has taken a turn and if you look at that last picture on my slide, this is from FESPAC, which was five years ago, maybe. And this is our reality. Majority of our people don't look very healthy. Majority of our people also have a lot of underlying health issues, which makes things now, given the time that we're living in, um, a little bit more scary, right? But again, this is not only Guam. This is the rest of the Pacific. And all the other islands are facing the same situation. Nationally, the U.S. is faced with obesity issues, health issues, and COVID just adds on to that. Now, when I start talking to my customers and clients at the Boca Box about how to make healthy choices and talk to them about how food really plays a role in what we do, everything goes back to culture and why it's so hard for us to kind of move forward and get out of this kind of slump that we're in health-wise. Um, in the past two decades, food has changed and it's become very hard for us to change our mindsets about food because it's cultural. Um, I like to use the example that, you know, when I was, uh, when I was in college, I had to do this project on trying to find ways to get people to eat healthier. First thing that I did was I took a look at parties. And if you think about it, nutrition is very important to our life in general. Every major uh, event that celebrated revolves around food. Birthdays, there's a birthday cake. You have office meetings with your coworkers. Usually there's donuts and coffee and stuff like that. Um, if you have uh, get togethers with your family, which we have every once in a while, uh, my mom and dad always make food, especially if they know the grandkids are coming. They're like, okay, I'm gonna make this, this, and this, and this. Um, but food is always central in every single gathering that we have here on Guam, just because that's, that's what it is. When I was in college, I tried to make some changes at our family parties. And my family always threw these huge parties growing up. And every party usually would be the same. It doesn't matter if my party or your party or someone's party in down south or up north. The layout of the table was very, very similar. You had your, your rice, your bread, your meats, your keleguins, your lumpia, 
pants it. Just have to pants it. Uh, some other delicacies, I guess, sashimi and, and things like that. And then you had your dessert. And at the end of the table, there was one small bowl of salad. And that salad was always full because by the time people got there, their plate was stacked high and there was no more room for food, so they just skipped it, right? Uh, but my project was centered on trying to make one small change. And what I did was I, every time the, the table was almost ready to be opened, I took the rice and I put it at the end of the table and I took the salad and I put it at the front of the table. And my aunties always got mad at me. And they're like, don't touch the table. You don't mess anything up. Change is not good. Leave it the way it is. And so for months, I fought with them on that. And I always just kept switching and switching it. And finally, they got tired of, of having to switch it and they just let it go. And what happened was at the end of that party, not even at the end of the party, the first thing to get replaced on that table was the salad. But we didn't make extra salad. But, you know, that was the first thing to go. And the rice at the end of the table was hardly even touched. That one small change made me realize that there's something to food and nutrition and changes that when made in small amounts can, can lead to, to, bigger, to bigger changes. Right now we live in a world where all of our food, majority of our food is processed, chemically processed, there's things put into it that we don't know and things that are very, very unhealthy for us. And it's always boggled my mind how we can live in a time where science and technology have made leaps and bounds. I come from a generation where um, if I wanted to talk on the phone, my phone was attached to my wall and there was a cord from the phone to the, to the headset. Does that make sense? The, yeah, the phone to the headset. And um, then it moved from that to cordless phones. And that blew my mind. I was like, whoa, phone without a cord. That was cool. Then there were pagers and then cell phones came in. And now we live in a world where our phone is the best thing in our life and we can't live without it. Um, science and technology have made leaps and bounds and we have discovered things that we thought were impossible. Uh, in the, we've made so much advancement in, in, all, in medicine as well so that we have a new disease that pops up and within a year we're able to have a vaccine for it. And to me, it would make sense that if science and technology and medicine are progressing and it's getting better, then why isn't health getting any better? In the past few decades, we've seen an increase in diabetes. We've seen an increase in obesity. We've seen an increase in cancers and health is not getting any better although we have all of these things that can help us. So then that poses the question, what has really changed? Now we haven't changed, like our, our bodies haven't changed. We haven't gotten, well, I haven't gotten any smarter and you know, I'm still the same, but you know, there's no real advancement within our, within humans, right? Um, but health has diminished because the food that we're eating isn't really good for us. And because the food has changed, it's changed us. And when I was growing up, right, the reason I got into nutrition and the reason why I fell in love with it was because um, 
I wanted to do something that had a major impact on everybody, but you know, to me, I didn't have to go to to uh, school super, super long, and I didn't have to deal with blood and all that kind of stuff. So I chose food. Now, when I was growing up, nutrition was very interesting to me, but it was also very, very confusing. Again, I came from a time where things were changing, and just like now, things are changing, right? Wear your mask, don't wear your mask, get vaxxed, uh, this old, oh, kids can't get vaxxed, oh, kids can get vaxxed, all that kind of stuff. When I was growing up, it was the same thing, but for nutrition, right? Eggs were good, eggs were bad. Fat is bad, now fat's good. Carbs are good, carbs are bad. And it makes us kind of wonder, where are we going? And what is this doing to us generally? What's this doing to our minds? Um, between the 80s and up to, up to now, there's been so many changes with nutrition. Diets have popped up left and right. Paleo, keto, uh, going vegan was a big thing in the, in the 90s. Um, Atkins diet was probably the first one that I did. Uh, now there's so many different diets that are out there. But as we were growing up and as, as I was going to school and studying nutrition, we were taught to believe that health was one thing. The way you looked determined how healthy you were. And that's why I have these two pictures up here. Because I remember looking at magazines and looking at the TV and seeing these people. And this, is, was, this was put into our minds as our way to determine if we were healthy or not, right? And if we didn't look like this, then we are unhealthy and we had to get like that. And in order to get like that, we had to eat and drink certain things that made us look like that. Uh, there, were, there were also things that were put out like um, the nutrition fact label, right? Nutrition fact label, how many of you guys actually know how to read that? I've been doing nutrition for 16 years. It's still confusing to me. To me, it's a lot of, I can't, it's, it's, it's a lot of BS because it's so confusing and it's not simple for people to understand. The media also takes a turn in showing people who are healthy, but have to do certain things to look that way, right? And so as we start looking at health, as we start looking at nutrition and eating, how has this really affected us? And what has this done with all the diets that we go through, with all the diets that are out there, has this made anything better? I don't think so, right? The reason why food plays a big part in not only our physical health, but our mental health is because everybody has those feelings of guilt. Everybody has those feelings of being hangry uh, when you're not eating. Everybody goes through the diet cycle. And almost everybody that I know have tried one diet in, in their lifetime. I've done a lot. Right. And this cycle that is uh, on, on this slide here, that's typically how things work. Right. We start a diet. We tell ourselves we can't eat this. We can't eat that. We deprive ourselves of the things that we love. And then life kicks our ass and we start craving the things that we told ourselves we weren't going to eat. And so we cheat, go off of that diet and then we start feeling guilty. And they're like, man, I gotta, I gotta do better. I gained so much weight, even though I tried to, to do this diet, uh, I'm mad at myself and I'm gonna do the diet again or do something different. Now, there's a lot of research 
out there that shows that the kinds of foods we eat play a role in how we think and how we feel, right? I, I for one, feel good if I eat pizza, but then I don't feel good after I eat pizza because then I just don't feel good mentally because then I start kicking myself and telling myself that all the workout that I did that day just went to crap. But physically and kind of in a nutshell, right? If we eat foods that are good, then it's broken down in our gut and neurotransmitters are released, dopamine, serotonin's released, and that sends signals to our brain to make us feel good. Now, if we eat junk food, then that's just not good for our gut. Our, our stomach and our body doesn't know what processed food is and has a harder time to break it down to figure out where to put it. It also causes lots of inflammation, especially in our gut, and that hampers the signal that goes from your gut to your brain and we just don't feel good, right? And so we wanna look at ways that we can use food to our advantage and feel good about ourselves with everything that we're eating. But we know that in a realistic world with all the processed food that's out there, with all the options that we have right down the street, I, I can name probably 10 restaurants that I pass on my way to this venue that isn't really, really good for me, right? There's pizza, there's tacos, there's fried foods, there's burgers and everything else. And we know that we shouldn't be eating that all the time. But when we do, uh, the trap that, or the thing that happens is we get trapped into the mindset that we have to again go on diets, we have to watch what we're eating, uh, because again, we have to fit a certain profile on what healthy is. And our reality is that because of what we've been used to seeing and what we've been taught, a lot of times people come into my shop and we have to discuss the reality of food and nutrition. And that's that a lot of people have a negative relationship with food. Um, I don't like to really talk about this aspect. I haven't really talked about this in public before, but I dealt with bulimia for, I would say, for about a good 10 years. Um, I wanted to, I felt that I needed to impress people with the way I looked. So I would eat food, but then I would throw it up because I thought that if I would eat food, I gained weight and I just didn't uh, understand how unhealthy that was at that time. Um, there are also people that are scared to eat food and are uh, have to deal with anorexia. Um, I know some people that it's not very, very bad, but, and I hope she doesn't mind me using her as an example, but my wife is kind of that way. My wife eats, believe me, my wife eats, but she's scared to eat. In the back of her mind, she looks at food and she's like, man, I don't know if I should eat this. Even though it's healthy, I don't know if I should eat this because I didn't work out today or I didn't deserve to eat this today because I didn't work out or didn't, I wasn't very active. Um, but these situations exist. Um, I have a picture here of uh, hydroxycut, which is a fat burner that was uh, very big when I was growing up in high school and college. And um, I was also into this as well. I thought that I could use this fat burner to, um, to keep all the fat off and look lean and have abs and just, just look the way I, I, want, I pictured in my mind. But honestly, fat burners don't do much. I, I like to compare it to, to running shoes. If you're, if you're gonna run a marathon, 
simply changing your shoes is not going to help you. I mean, it's going to help a little, but it's not going to help you run a marathon. You still have to put in the work every single day. You have to train. You have to eat right. But it's not the it's not the one thing that's going to make you run the marathon. Now, with food and weight loss and health, people also are afraid to eat because they're afraid that their weight is going to go up, and they always look at the scale. And or not always, but I know tons of people that are afraid to look at the scale because they just don't want to know, right? In our minds, we have the sense of who we are and how we look. And it's funny to me that uh, on this on this last picture, uh, this kind of makes sense for people,、uh, especially for me. If I'm if you're looking at the the right side of the picture with the the guy who's not really that fit, and he looks into the mirror and he looks like he's fit, that's me. Like I I know right now I need to lose some weight, but when I look into the mirror like this morning, I was like. I'm okay, but I know that I'm not okay. I need to do something to get、um, to where I want to be or to reach my goal. And it's kind of the the reverse for for women.、Uh, I have some people that I'm working with that they don't look overweight at all, and I don't think there's a real issue with physically with how they look. But to them, when they look in the mirror, they don't see what we see. And so this constant struggle with understanding how you look and how food plays a big deal in that, and and just understanding how to be balanced with your view of food and health is a major struggle for a lot of people, right? So then we get to how do we deal with this issue, right? And how do we break out of this cycle? Now, this has been something that I have been trying to figure out for. A long time, and it's the reason why I opened up、um, my business, the Boca Box. Now, I believe that there is a difference between knowledge and application. When I was working at the hospital, one of my jobs, besides like、uh, serving food to、uh, the patients,、um, I was also able to talk to the patients and go to the rooms and talk to them about their diets and tell Mister Joe Cruz. Um, that you know, because he's diabetic, he has to do this and he has to do that. And then we give him a little little pamphlet that talks about diabetes and say, "Hey, when you get home, take this, read it, and do that, and you'll be better." Knowledge is understanding that this is what you have to do, right? But when I was working at the hospital, it didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense that I was talking to these people. About changing their diet when they were at the hospital, this should have been done way before they ended up at the hospital, and that's pretty much why it's shaped what I'm trying to do now.、Uh, application is understanding how to do what we're supposed to do, and more times and more more often than not, when people see me at the Boca Box, they bring that pamphlet with them. And they say, "I don't know how to do this. Can you help me?" And so I'll take that, and we'll start discussing food and how to make plans for them, and and all that. Right? We have to understand that, other than knowing what food does for the body, we have to know how to help people apply that knowledge. We also have to understand that people need help in every aspect. People need help in understanding how to eat. People need help in understanding that health is. A long-term goal, and health is different for everybody. Food is very, very simple, but we're not. We're not simple beings, and so we have to find ways to make 
food and our approach to food and health very simple for people. And um, I'm going to do a selfless plug and talk a little about why I opened up my um, meal prep service, the Boca Box. Again, we're focused on providing meals that are healthy, that are delicious, that are realistic, and getting people to understand diet in a sustainable way, where they're not going in that cycle that we talked about, where they're finding a way that kind of is right for their lifestyle, works with their lifestyle, and that they continue for a long time. They can take our meals, look at the portions, look at the kind of foods that's put into it, and do it at home. That's our, that's our goal, is finding ways to help people do what we do for themselves, right? We just, we're, we're just convenient. Uh, but for us, besides making people's meals, it's, it's more than that. My team is focused on preparing meals day in, day out, Monday through Sunday, um, you know, just being there for people so that they don't have to worry about shopping, they don't have to worry about cooking. But to us, health and nutrition is more than just food. I want to be able to talk to people and address their behaviors and address the behaviors that surround the decisions that they make. Uh, one of the things that we're very, very big on when people come to see us is nutrition coaching. And this is where we dive into the mental health of people and the mental attitude that they have regarding food, right? We believe that there is no one clear cut path to health. Everybody is different. Some people have diabetes. Some people uh, just want to lose weight. Some people just want to look good naked. Some people just want to eat so that they can play their sport and be good at that. Right? Everybody's different and everybody has a different goal. But what is their behavior? What have they done before? How do they view food? And that's what we're trying to target, right? Um, we want to be able to look at every single person, get in tune with who they are. Joe Cruz is an elderly person that wants to just eat so that he can get off of diabetic medication. Okay, fine, that's good. Let's talk about um, your struggles with what you've done before and how we can help make smaller changes so that we can make it sustainable and don't have you like keep coming back, you know? Um, and so we're, we're very big on our nu nutrition coaching aspects and our nutrition consultations because we believe that health and nutrition all start in the mind. We have to be able to understand who you are and help you personally to see within yourself that you are the reason you're taking these steps. We always start with the person, right? Um, when I start talking about self-awareness, we have to make people understand that they are responsible for their health. Nobody else is. I have a, uh, a dear friend who, um, like me, is very interested in how our body works. And every, I would say every quarter, uh, we take blood tests just to see where we are internally and what's a, how our cholesterol is doing, how our uh, blood sugars are doing, and, and everything in between that, right? Because physically, that shows one picture, but internally, we have to really see what our, how our body's reacting. Uh, so every time that I talk to this person about his numbers uh, um, from the doctor, we're always talking about what has changed, good or bad, 
right? And the one thing that I want to help people to understand is you can't control everything in life, but you can control the things that you eat and the things that you put into your mouth. We know what foods uh, will help us. We know what foods kind of trigger bad reactions mentally or physically with us, but the behavior and the decision that goes into that is what's important. So for this individual, right, we, we set out a goal that we wanted to lower his, um, his numbers, uh, more, most especially his, his uric acid. And, um, we, we started, you know, putting him on, on a plan, talking to him about what he needed to do and helped him. But then as he's going through, uh, as he was going through the past three months, he got his test results and it didn't look good. Um, uric acid went up, cholesterol went up, and we had to put the brakes on and say, hold up, let's take a look at what has really happened. Because in his mind, he's like, oh, I, I did stuff. I, you know, I, I had two meals from, from you guys every single day and I work out every single day and I'm relatively healthy. And I would say this guy's really, really healthy but the numbers just didn't show that. So what really happened? Uh, we were able to, again, take a step back and reflect on the past three months and what did he, what, what really took place. Um, he likes pizza. And so on his cheat meal, which to him was, you know, what, what he wanted, his cheat meals for the week, he had pizza probably twice a week, fried chicken once a week, and always ate out, right? Um, and then the other thing was, okay, that could contribute to your high uric acid. Um, also cholesterol kind of went up. Why is that? Maybe because, because of, you know, being stuck at home, uh, not really going out, we were ordering out a lot. And so he was eating food that, you know, was being, um, made at other places. He had no control over what was being put into the food. And, uh, majority of the food that was ordered was, um, was all fried. Uh, so then we said, okay, the other aspect was we took a look at alcohol consumption and I'm, I'm, I'm like the rest of you guys. I, I like to enjoy alcoholic beverages, but when we were looking at decreasing alcohol consumption in his mind, he was like, okay, I'm going to stop drinking beer and I'm just going to drink whiskey and wine because it's healthier. But that didn't work out for him as well. Alcohol was alcohol and it contributed to his increased numbers. But the point that I'm trying to, to drive home is that in order for us to make decisions on how we're to move forward with our health, we have to take a step back and we have to understand that we make the decisions ourselves, And we have to look at what we've been doing or what we haven't been doing to move forward, right? Um, sometimes we need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. That just means we need to be able to look at things from a different perspective. Although we're not used to it, it could benefit us later on in life. Um, we are always going to be our worst enemy. I look into the mirror every single day and I'm like, why did you eat that last night? Or how come you didn't work out? Stop being lazy. You know, we're, we're always going to be harder on ourselves than anybody else's, but because we're hard on ourselves, that's good. Our health is always going to be worth it, right? Um, when I start talking to people about moving forward, 
after they've realized, okay, I need to make adjustments in my life, in my diets to get healthy. Uh, it's helped me to kind of shape the way I start structuring a plan for them, right? And how and what areas I need to target within their life and their lifestyles so that we can stick to the plan and get them to their goal. Now, I like using um, this this approach to, to health, uh, the four wheels of, of health. Uh, and I use a Jeep because I'm hoping that my, my friend that owns uh, Cars Plus will see it and sponsor me and give me a new Jeep. Anyways, so uh, I like to, to use this, this example of owning a Jeep and using a Jeep on our road to life. And each tire represents a part of our life that we can control, but also are triggers for us to kind of target that deal with not only our physical, but mental health. The first one to me is, is always gonna be nutrition. What are we eating? How are we eating? Uh, what are we eating? How are we eating it? And what, um, what kinds of foods uh, play a role in, in our health? Um, if I am, yeah, I'll talk about any, yeah. So it's nutrition that deals with food, how you're eating and all of that. And then there's also stress, right? What do we do to combat stress? Uh, for me, that's working out, right? Uh, and people do other things. People can, can, um, you know, do yoga, um, go for walks, ride bikes. I like to go to the gym. I like just anything that keeps me active. What do we do um, to deal with our stress? Uh, the, sec the second one or the third one is for me very, very important. And I've only actually been very in tune with this since the start of COVID on Guam, which is uh, sleep. Uh, I used to sleep four to five hours a day. And now I honestly get like seven to nine hours of sleep just because I think that it's that important to me now. I will put my phone away and I'll sleep at 8.30, 9 o'clock, wake up at 5, uh, 5.30. But that's one of the things that um, I really want to um, emphasize is you need your sleep. The other thing is for some people, we can always change this last one. But for me, it's helped me a lot. And that's alcohol consumption. Now, when we're looking at, at all these four wheels, right? If we're driving on the road, if for some reason, let's say this past month, I've been so stressed, I haven't been able to work out as much, I take that wheel off the road and I only have nutrition, alcohol, and sleep. I'm monitoring my alcohol, I'm making sure I'm eating right and I'm sleeping good. I have three wheels on the road. Can I, stro can I still move forward? Yeah, it's not gonna be as easy, but you're gonna move forward. Now, if my month has been super, super bad and I've been super stressed out, haven't been able to work out, and I increase my alcohol consumption, I take those two wheels off. Am I still able to drive on the road? Yeah, but it's gonna be hard. And there's more chances for me to fall and flip and slip and to just ruin my brand new Jeep. Um, but we can still move forward, but it's gonna be very hard. We always want to have four, optimally, four wheels on the road. If we can't have four, than we can do with three. We don't ever want to get to two and we never ever want to just have one row or one wheel on the road. So when I start talking to people about the things in their life and what their life um, and how their life is structured, I kind of put it into these four steps and talk to them about 
different things. We want to keep all, all four wheels on the road. If we need to pay attention to one wheel or to uh, more than one wheel, we only pay attention to one at a time. We tackle stress first and then we start moving on to something else. Now, this has just helped me to set a path to what our goal really is. And you have to think about realistically, what are your goals? And people will come to me and say, yes, I want to lose weight, but I also want to control my diabetes or this and that. Now, those are two separate goals. Two goals are two different plans. So we have to really self-reflect and think about what is the first thing we need to tackle, right? Kind of like a triage. What, what do we need to tackle first before we get to everything else, right? So think about what your goals really are. What small changes you can make in your life that'll help you to move forward. And the biggest thing for me is we celebrate every single win. Whether you lost two pounds this week, we celebrate that. Whether you plateaued, but you feel good, you're waking up earlier, you sleep better, hey, I'm gonna celebrate that too. That's a big thing. Or if you didn't lose weight, you feel the same, but you just feel good about yourself, that's a win on itself, okay? Um, we celebrate every win because on this, this journey of health, it's, it's not a sprint. It's a super, super, super long marathon. Right? We, diets are a short-term fix to a lifelong problem. We have to find ways to be sustainable on, in life because that's, that's literally what it is. It's life, right? And there's going to be bumps in the road, but hey man, if you have a Jeep, you just keep going, right? Um, and you're always going to have these bumps, but that's life. You, you have bumps, you look at what's important in your life and you, you tackle each bump as it gets there and you just keep moving forward, right? And the one thing that helps, especially in life, especially with diets and trying to reach a goal is that you need to have some sort of passenger or battle buddy next to you. It just makes, just makes it more fun, right? And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist, but I believe that the happier you are, the better things will be. And that goes the same for nutrition, right? There's nothing wrong in being basic. I like to preach that when we're eating, keep everything basic. Eat your vegetables, eat your fruits, eat your meats, eat your, uh, eat your carbs. The time that we start running into problems is when we overconsume on any one thing. So keep it simple, right? Be balanced in life, be balanced in your nutrition, be balanced in the way that you think about food, about life. Enjoy the taste of food, enjoy the cooking process, enjoy the environment that you're around that, I mean, that includes food, right? Enjoy the family, enjoy what you have right now. Um, one big thing that's helped me, especially in the, in the times that we're living in, right, is that I tend not to stress about things that I can't control. I can't control that numbers are going up. I can't control that um, things are happening all around me, but I can't control that I'm with my family. I can control that I'm spending time with them and I'm teaching them about food and that we're at the table Every, every dinner talking about our days and how we can move together um, in life. Um, so, you know, with, with all of that, we want to be able to, again, take a step back, reflect on ourselves as the people or the person that's responsible for our health, understand that we're not alone, not in life, not in anything, and 
there's always help, whether it's nutrition coaching, whether it's just to talk to somebody about what's going on in your head, how to get over um, little bumps in the road. I, I go through um, nutritional slumps all the time and I fall off and I go, I veer off the road all the time. But, you know, I have friends and family that, that pull me back in and say, hey, let's, let's do something. Let's get back on track. Let's stay healthy. And, you know, if all else fails, get yourself a Jeep and eat your fucking vegetables. Um, uh, I'd like to thank you guys all again for inviting me to talk to you guys about uh, nutrition. Um, again, this is something that I, I, I'm very, very passionate about. Come check me out at the Boca Box. And again, if you guys ever have time, if you're interested about nutrition or want to understand more about food and how we can help you become healthier, give us a call. Um, our number is 922-2652. Or you can visit our any of our Instagram or Facebook uh, pages and message us on that. Okay. Uh, so again, thank you guys for listening. And I hope to see you guys uh, in person and not on on the computer. So, uh, Jesse, have a couple of questions. Yes. For you. Uh, oh, I didn't know we were going to do questions. Yes. Okay. Here's your question. Uh, someone really liked your Jeep analogy. So a Jeep also has a spare. How does this player will... Uh, we also, have, we also have a spare. Yes. Yeah. So a Jeep also has a spare. How does this play a role in moving forward and being healthy? Um, for me, uh, and just because we're on the topic, to me that, that spare would be, you know, what, what's in your mind, you know, and how every, sometimes we can't really uh, control that maybe one tire is flat, but there's also something that we have in the background that can help us. Uh, for me, if I'm just going to think of it, think of it off the top of my head, like I, um, like I said, like I, I enjoy having an adult beverage with my wife after work, uh, but when that is too much and I can't control that, the spare for me would be to do things that take me away from that environment. So I'll, I'll replace that, that alcohol will with maybe a family time will and making sure that at least that family time is being taken care of and that's moving us forward. Whatever that spare is to you, um, you know, that's something that, again, we talk about and we can figure out how and what that is in your life and use that to our advantage to get people to, to understand health. All right, so another question. Uh, you mentioned uh, relation, uh, people see a bad relationship with food sometimes. Mm -hmm. What are some tips for individuals who want to be consistent with their diets without repeating the cycle of restarting and failing? Okay, um, and, that, and that's a big one. That's, that's a really, really great question. And that's, I mean, that's the, the whole premise on why my business is, is there, right? It's because people want to go on diets. Um, but for me personally, what has helped me is, again, to look at the basics of every single diet, right? In order for you not to fall off, you need to find something that works with your diet. It never made sense to me that people would change their life to fit a diet. Like they would change everything that they're eating just so that they can lose some weight. But then when they lose the weight, they go back to what they're doing and then they gain it all back and, and, and more. So my job is try, trying to find within food and within the diet realm, what kind of works for that certain individual. Is it keto? Is it paleo? Is it looking at your macros? Is it um, just looking at maybe adding in vegetables in every single meal that'll make it easier for you to get the vitamins and minerals that you need to stay healthy. It's just finding little things that we can consist consistently do and not 
throw away later when we reach our goal. I think that that's the biggest thing is, is find things that you can stick with instead of changing your whole life.